welcome to Language Chats. This is a podcast for language lovers in Australia and beyond, where we share our experiences as well as stories from other Australians and a few international guests of learning, working with and using other languages. I'm Beck. And I'm Penny, and welcome to another episode of Language Chats. This is another really fun one because this episode we are talking the F word. Ooh, Not the, the F word you might be thinking of. <laughs> <laughs> the F word fluency. And we're chatting with our very own Beck about fluency in French. Welcome, Beck. Mm. Oh, thanks, Penny. Thanks for having me. <laughs> <laughs> is this like a role reversal? Is it feeling weird being I on know, the other side? I know of it the, is feeling um, weird. Interrogation. But we're we're very friendly and kind on this podcast. We've talked, I mean, over the last 50 or so episodes, we have talked a lot about, I guess, our own language learning experiences and in particular your experience with French. But but it'd be great, I guess, for all our new listeners and people who might not have been listening to us for the last two and a half years, um, (laughs) if you just maybe just give us a very quick recap about when you started learning French, why you started and how that experience was for you back back when you were a wee thing. Sure. So I had a long, long, long journey with French, I feel. It's been almost lifelong, really, if I sort of consider it right from the beginning. So I first started learning French at primary school um, and I did all the way through school. So I, I had French offered to me at my Um, at the school that I went to, which I I was there for 13 years. So my entire schooling was at the same place, which in that sense made it kind of lucky because then I always had the same language being offered as well as a couple of others later on. But, you know, that's an aside. Um, So technically I started learning French at, I guess, five years old. Um, But as many of you would know, you know, learning language as as a small child and kind of like primary school level is really a lot of vocabulary learning Um, and then it's really only when you get to high school that you start learning a bit more. So when I was a younger kid at primary school, I actually didn't like French very much. I thought it was kind of boring Um, but I think that was just because I felt like the vocabulary was so repetitive and every year I felt like we were doing the same things. Um, But then when I got to high school, we started learning a bit of grammar And I suddenly realized that you could like put these sentences together. And to me, that was really cool. I really started to like it around about, you know, probably about year year seven or year eight, probably, I think. And then I just kind of kept going on from there. Um, And then I did French as well when I was at uni. So I was able to do a French diploma, well, a diploma in French, um, kind of in addition to my, my main degree at university. Um, and then I tried to use a couple of sort of opportunities overseas to, to keep using my French and keep practicing it. Um, and then a little more recently, I had a job where I got to use quite a bit of my French, which was also cool. That, <laughs> so that's, yeah. that's my, my experience with French in a nutshell. <laughs> oh, I love it. Awesome. So, <laughs> so really, I mean, French has been a part of your life for, you know, 25 years or so if you if you're going back to to when you were yeah a tiny kid when when was there a moment that you could pinpoint or or something that in you that said 
in your head, wow, I feel like I'm fluent now. And this might be a controversial question because there is a lot of debate around the word fluency, but let's just go with this and see what you reckon. (laughs) Sure. So, um, no, I I don't think there is. I don't think there's a moment at which I went like where I stood at the top of the mountain with a flag and was like, yes, I'm here. I'm at the top of that, I'm at that peak, that place where I always hoped to get to. No, I don't really think it ever was like that. And this is probably where we get into the crux of the question about the the big F word um, because really like I think I think this is it's so hard to to decide or to determine at what point you think you are fluent mm. um, and I don't think that especially as being the person who is using the language you know you're you you come along you go along this journey from knowing nothing to knowing something and then maybe knowing quite a lot and all along the way like especially when you have if you have started very young and potentially through you know gone through school the that journey it's it's many years of all kinds of ups and downs and random knowledge kind of coming together Um, when you finally feel comfortable enough to put together a sentence that makes sense and is useful to you, that can feel like what maybe we think fluency is. (laughs) Um, But it's complicated because I think all of this is really, really context dependent. I think sometimes you can feel really fluent in some situations And then the next day you can have an experience that makes you feel that maybe you were all wrong and you aren't fluid at all. Mm. Yeah, I like what you say about being context dependent because if you were to find yourself thrown into a, you know, I don't know, a political situation, parliament or something where, you know, everything's being Mm -hmm. thrown around in French, I mean, that would be a very different challenge I'm guessing, than what you've experienced over the last 10, 15 years as a kind of adult speaker. Yeah, 100%. 100%. I think that, like, you know, I can think of times in my experience over the last 25 years with French where I have been fluent in a particular context for a period of time. And that doesn't necessarily mean that I'm still fluent in that context now. For example, I au paired in France for a few months when I was about 21 um, and I was looking after a five-year-old boy um, who like was – so it was just a five-year-old boy on his own. So he was doing a lot of like, you know, I would play with him and um, his parents wanted me to speak – with him in English actually, but it didn't turn out that way. He, d- he didn't really want to speak English with me. <laughs> um, so we ended up speaking a lot of French together, of course. Um, and when I arrived there, I did not know how to speak to a child in French. Mm. Um, I especially didn't know how to speak to a boy in French, like a, like a small boy child. Um, being a girl who had grown up in a family of girls, I, I had literally no idea how to kind of deal with this kid. And by the time I left there, I would say I was conversationally fluent in five-year-old boy French. 
<laughs> am I am I still conversationally fluent in five year old boyfriend boy French? Um, like probably not, but I was for a period of time, and it was useful to me at that point in time because I needed it. Yeah. So yep. for me, that's an example of where I think yeah, like you're in that particular context, you can become comfortable. You can have all of the words that you need or most of the words that you need to be able to interact with somebody and communicate with somebody in all of the ways that you want to. Um, Yeah, and maybe that is what that kind of like, you know, that maybe that's a a way of thinking about fluency. Mm. (laughs) Yep. So if someone was to ask you, you know, maybe someone you didn't know that well, um, whether you were fluent or what your level of French was, how would you describe that to someone? Mm, um, a great question because I think I would usually, well, for the for ease of explanation, um, I would often just say, yes, I'm like, yes, I'm fluent in French. If, if that, Especially if that's the way that the question is phrased. Mm. Somebody says... So, oh, you know, oh, you speak French, are you, are you fluent in French? Then I would probably just like, just to not have to elaborate too much, I would probably just say, yes, I am. Yeah. <laughs> um, unless it's somebody who wants to have this conversation about fluency, because then I'm happy to elaborate. Um, <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> often I guess you, you might you might just be like, do you speak French? In which case I'd be like, yes, I do speak French. You know, yep. Do I need to mention that I'm, do I need to make it clear that I think I'm fluent? Well, I probably wouldn't necessarily because I would just say, well, yeah, I, I can speak it. And again, I can use it in all of the contexts where I think I need to use it right now. Um, do you but, think it took you time to be able to say that? Did you think, you, you know, when you definitely. were younger, were you nervous about saying, yes, I'm fluent, yes, I can speak yeah. French, yes, I can yep. comprehend And, I, and I'm still mm. just... To some degree, I'm still nervous about it now. Like mm. I think, I think every every person who has ever learnt another language or is learning another language has some a little bit of anxiety about the idea of telling somebody that you have that skill or that mm. you're just learning that skill because there is suddenly you feel this weight of expectation um, that. You know, if you got yourself in a difficult situation, you really needed to speak that language, people expect you to be perfect. And that's not actually true. I think I think we we back ourselves into a corner by doing that and feeling that way ourselves. Um, it's but that that is a fear, I think, in the back of many people's minds that, you know, you'll say, Yes, I speak French, and they'll be like, Great, can you can you make a speech in front of the UN assembly or something like no one's ever going to ask you to do that, but yet somewhere in your mind, you feel like you're going to be put on the spot and someone's going to test you. Um, And so I think, yeah, it does take, it takes a lot to, to kind of get to a point where you're comfortable enough to say, yes, I speak that language or yes, I feel like I'm fluent or however it is that you want to describe your proficiency. Um, But I think, yeah, I, I don't think that's ever quite left me really because I think even these days I still I still feel a bit nervous about that. Mm. <laughs> yeah, no, that's interesting because, um, yeah, mm. I definitely can relate to that as well but on a on a different kind of level because you, you've probably had this happen to you as well when people maybe asked you when you hadn't been learning a language for that long. Maybe you've had this with your other languages, mm. Beck, actually, where people might ask you or assume or something, oh, you've been learning 
German for a few years. I, I guess you're fluent then. Um, people do throw that around a bit, don't they? Yeah, they do. But I think that that's just because a lot of people, that's kind of the word that they associate with language um, use. Mm. You know, fluent is just a way that people know how to describe proficiency in using another language. Um, And it indicates, I suppose, a level of maybe mastery, maybe a level of just knowledge um, that people can relate to and that they understand. Um, yeah. and you know, it's, it's harder to kind of dig a little bit deeper and know that, well, one, like taking a language, learning a language takes a, ta- can take a very long time. It does take a very long time. There's all sorts of levels of kind of flux as you are learning a language that, you know, your levels of vocabulary might go up and then you might find that you're missing grammar that you know, then you have to kind of balance that out, but then you might have lost some vocabulary in the meantime. You know, every, everything is kind of constantly constantly moving around. And it's only, I think, after you get to a sort of a, a bit of a happy medium, a sort of a, a more of a balance as time goes on that you start to feel more comfortable in more situations. Um, mm. Because when you're, you know, often when you're kind of really a beginner, you can be very vocabulary heavy and well, especially in the context of like in in my experience where you had gone through like school and learnt a lot of vocab to begin with but had no structures or had very few structures to put them together, then you're all out of balance, right? You've got all of this random vocab but you don't know how to use it. And then it was only sort of, you know, as time went on through my high school years that that started to balance out because I started to learn how to use, how to put together all of this random vocab that I had. But it was really useful having all the random vocab because I didn't need to think so much about trying to find the words. Yep. So like once you start to get to more of that like equilibrium level where you can kind of balance around, like I'm I'm picturing it like scales (laughs) a little bit where like, you know, it goes a little bit up and a little bit down and right at the beginning it can be all in one direction Um, and then maybe somewhere in the middle it goes all the other way. But then over time you start to balance out and you have kind of a nice a nice level of things just kind of balancing around a, a medium point. And that's, I think, where you start to yeah, feel genuinely like comfortable with your skills. Mm. Um, and, of course, they're going to go up and down over time, but you're still sort of hanging around a, a balance. Did you Where people always... still understand you. Yes, <laughs> yes, which is always a great thing. Did you mm. have a goal when you were when you were learning when you were younger to be fluent or was or was it something that that kind of evolved as you continued to learn and continued to have experiences using French Um definitely more the second definitely more the latter so I would say I didn't I wasn't sitting there in, you know, my teenage years kind of going, one day I'm going to be fluent in French. I I definitely didn't. Um, I enjoyed it and that was a good start um, because I knew that I liked it and I liked the feeling of being able to put put the sentences together and make something that made sense and that other people understood. And I liked the feeling of like being able to kind of crack the code like I liked being able to read things in French and be like, I understand that now and I know how that works and I can recognise the patterns and I can I know what that word means. And even if I didn't know 
like a few of the puzzle pieces, I could still put it together because I could work it out. And so in that sense, I kind of, I think I was a bit more focused on just kind of the smaller steps because I was enjoying the, well, without realizing it, I, I don't think I really realized it this at the time. This is all like in retrospect, of course, <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I, I quite enjoyed the, the journey. I quite liked just the learning and the yeah. discovery of it. Um, and then, but of course, as you, as you're learning more and as you're discovering more, you find that ease of communication by just having a go. Um, and I think the more that, the more that I had a go, the more I realized I was like, oh, I'm doing all right at this. Like some people are understanding what I'm saying. This is, this is good. <laughs> and I'm understanding more too. This is good. Um, and so then I think that just sort of came, came with time. But then of course there are a few, I think there were a couple of real challenges along the way that I probably set for myself by, you know, I went on a sort of student exchange when I was about 17 and that was the first time that I really had to, like, I was just thrown kind of out there and you just had to make sure that people could understand you and you just had to have a go. Um, and then I did the same thing when I was at uni and I think those experiences too meant that there was just no choice. I kind of had enough, I had enough general practice from learning in my classes and learning at school and everything to, to get started. And then kind of being out in the wild gave me an opportunity to go, all right, like, here we go. Let's go and try and see if some other people understand what I'm saying. And am I putting things together right? And I made lots of mistakes and that is all kind of helpful um, in like really sort of pushing yourself, I suppose, across the line. Yeah, very, very true. Um, something that you might have encountered over over the years as well is, is have people told you that you've got a natural talent for learning languages or has that come up a lot over the years because you, you have learnt French to such an amazing standard plus the other languages that we we know that you love and are learning as well um <laughs> do, do you do you feel like you've got a natural gift or a natural talent do you believe in such a thing no I don't think I don't think I do um I have heard that lots over the years I know we've talked about that too Penny because I'm sure you've heard it too um I I don't think that I have a special talent for languages. I think that I think that just once you've once you've learnt one, everything gets easier from there. And I think, you know, maybe having having started with French and being interested in it very early, um, it meant that by the time I wanted to try another language, I felt like I knew what questions to ask. I felt like I knew what patterns I was looking for. And they weren't necessarily the same patterns, of course. Um, but I didn't feel like I was starting from zero. Um, you know, I felt like rather than starting from like level zero, I was starting from like level five on a, you know, scale of like trying to get to level a hundred or something. (laughs) Do you know know what I mean? Like, it's like, it's like being like it for some, for anybody who plays music or has learned a musical instrument, you know, the first time you learn how to read music as you know potentially as somebody very young um that's a real like 
to be able to learn your first instrument, you probably have to learn how to just read music. But if you try to learn another musical instrument later or after that, you already know how to read the music. So you're kind of already at an advantage, even though there are still many things that you have to learn how to do. You might have to learn how to blow into a different instrument in a different way, or you, you might need to learn how to do different kinds of, you know, how to move your fingers differently on a different kind of instrument. Um, but you can still read the music. So similarly, I think with with languages, it's like there are a bunch of kind of transferable skills from having learnt one and there are a bunch of patterns that you start to look for and some some ways of learning that you picked up along the way the first time that you can apply to the next one. And I think all of those things help to mean that it's just, just a little bit easier, not necessarily like easy, but just it becomes a more familiar experience for you um, the next times around. So... So I think that's just experience though. Like <laughs> that's not natural talent in itself. It's just it's just trying to use what you've learned already to to help you along the way. And something that you love and enjoy and get pleasure from. I mean that's mm. that's got to be a big a big part of you know leading to your <laughs> success as well, right? You have to you have to love oh, it. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you have to enjoy it and you have to have a have a reason um, to do it. I mean, you know, whether it is just because you purely enjoy learning it, which, you know, <laughs> for some of us who really do just love learning languages and we just find that whole process fun, like that's a good enough reason as any. But also for other people, you know, you might be moving to a different place where you need that language. That's a huge motivation. If you just desperately need to be able to <laughs> speak another language to be able to do your job, for example – then that is that is a very good reason to have to push yourself to go ahead. Um, so yeah, I don't I don't know that it's really about yeah natural natural talent. I think it's just about recognizing things that you can use again. Mm. Yep, I like that. Mm. For someone who might be listening mm. to our chat now and wondering what they could do or what steps they could take to, I guess, take their language that they're focusing on to the next level or perhaps, you know, they've got this goal in mind of being fluent. If you could think back to Mm -hmm. your experiences and what got you to that stage with your French, what, I guess, are there some things that stand out to you that really took you to that next level and, and got you? Got you the F word. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think don't focus on the F word. I, I think for me it's just it means nothing. I I am really um, I'm I'm kind of against fluency as a as a goal, um, and that's because I think it's not very like for me it's not very useful. Um, I think there are other ways that you can break down how you want to progress. However it is that works for you, again, like many different motivations out there for all different kinds of people. But there are more productive and specific ways of defining how you want to get better at something than to just say, I want to achieve the F word. (laughs) 
(laughs) (laughs) Um, I think if you can avoid just thinking about that as an end goal, that's a, that's a good way to kind of direct yourself. Like I, I always like now when I look back on like all of my different experiences, well, with French in particular, the things, some of the things that drove me along the way were the things that made me feel good. So it was like when, you know, when I was saying just before, like, you know, I would, you've got to kind of make mistakes and, and, and just put yourself out there a little bit and you just try and say things and try to talk to people and, and it doesn't matter that sometimes it doesn't quite come out right because eventually it does. And when it does work and you have a great conversation with somebody, even when it's something really simple, but it just goes off without a hitch. <laughs> yeah. Yep. That, that feeling of kind of being like, yeah, I just did that. And they understood me and I didn't have to speak in the language that I'm comfortable in. I can speak in something else. And I still got my point across and they understood everything that I wanted to say. And we had a you know, constructive interaction between two people. Um, I think those moments are what kind of used to push me along. And they're the points that I really remember. Like I I can still remember times when I was in France as as a teenager on exchange where I really, you know, I had to, I had to say something or I spoke to somebody and I got to the end of it and went, huh, that was so good. Like, that just that just happened and I still remember it now. Isn't that, that great? was like, you know, 14, 13 years ago or something. So um, it's I think if you can focus on the, yeah, the way it makes you feel when you have a moment of success, then it's just kind of riding from, from one of those points to another as you keep getting better and better um, rather than focusing on your kind of a lofty, a lofty end goal that genuinely may take you years to get to. <laughs> and I love that those moments of success can happen at every level as well. And we can have those moments when we're just starting out learning a language and that's that's kind of exciting, isn't it? I guess that's what, do you reckon that's what yeah. keeps, keeps people going, keeps you hooked? <laughs> I think I I think maybe maybe it does. Maybe it is what keeps you hooked. Um, and like on the flip side of that too, even as you get better, you'll still have points where you like bomb out. Suck. I think that's important <laughs> yeah. to kind of, yeah, where you like just totally suck. And that's really important to remember as well that just because you have moments where you suck, that doesn't mean that like everything has disappeared. It doesn't mean that like all of your hard work is like down the drain because you made you made one mistake once and like you felt a bit embarrassed. It doesn't really matter. Like it's fine. That'll just, you'll probably remember those moments too. But it's okay, it's just a moment and it passes. And even even when you get to a point when you feel that you may be fluent or when you feel like you're quite comfortable in another language in all of the circumstances where you need it, um, you can still have those moments where you just can't remember a thing or where you don't have the right words or where just nothing comes together, or you just speak gibberish, and yep. like everyone's kind of like, "What? What did? You, what? Did, what were you trying to say?" <laughs> you get lots of puzzled looks, and that's fine. It's okay because it's never going to be. You're never going to have this static level of of ability in another language, even in in English. Like for for both of us as native English speakers, I mean, sometimes you just don't have the words. Things just mm. like become 
a jumble. Like, I don't know, you're tired or oh, you, you genuinely things just as well. don't quite oh. know what you need to say yeah. or you mispronounce things or you say the wrong thing um, and, it, and it happens even when you are speaking in your native language. So there's nothing wrong with that happening in another language that you've been learning potentially for a very long time or for not so long um, yeah. as well. It's all it's all fine. It all is just kind of part of a, you know, a bigger, it's a bigger project. Lasts a long time. That's right. <laughs> so apart from French and English, are you proficient or would you say fluent in any other languages and would you like to be? <laughs> <laughs> well, I would like to be comfortable to have like again the conversations that I need and this is kind of this is pro- you're probably already starting to hear the way that I like to describe like fluency again like <laughs> massive inverted comments because I just I find the word so frustrating these days um but like I would like to be comfortable and able to have conversations yeah for what I need them for um in other languages yes for sure um and I think I'm like getting there with German. Keep in mind, it's been like six years or something that I've been learning German now. So like quite some time and like not always very intensely, sometimes really intensely, other times not so much and like taking a break. But like even after all of that time, I certainly wouldn't say that I'm, you know, fluent. Um, mm-hmm. I, d- I definitely feel comfortable in some situations, other situations, like not at all. So, yes, I think. But I think if you're, yeah, if you're learning a language, for everybody, you want to be able to have those conversations. You want to be able to communicate with people. Um, so, yeah, of course. Of course that is a goal. <laughs> I have another question for you. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it might be a bit tongue-in-cheek, but I really honestly, I honestly feel like, you know, it, you know, I feel very in awe and, you know, you know, full of, I guess, pride and think what you've done is amazing because, you know, I know how hard it it. is. (laughs) I know how hard it is to learn a language and to know that you have gone from, you know, a kid at school to an adult and carried that with you and been committed and taken it, you know, so far and that you're, you know, fluent if I can say the f word um yeah no it is it's a great achievement and so this is my my question to finish off with do you think being fluent in French is one of your greatest achievements oh wow that's a huge question (laughs) um I don't don't even I don't even know I I think I think I'm proud of it like I am I am proud that I have a level of French that I can use in lots of different situations, um, mostly, I think. <laughs> <laughs> um, as a, like, greatest achievement, I don't know. Um, I don't often think about, like, what my potential greatest achievements <laughs> might be, but I think... What what is kind of cool about languages in general is that you can use them to do lots of things. Like, you know, language is not although it is a skill that you you have, it's something that you could do lots of other things in your life with. Mm. So for me, like I kind of I'm 
like, you know, proud that I kept going with French and that at some point along the way I didn't just like lose interest in and go, oh, like, you know, it's okay, more important things to worry about for, I don't know, my studies or work or whatever. Um, like I'm glad that I still have it in my life and that I can still use it when I want to. Um, but I'm also happy that I can use it to enjoy other things that I enjoy in life. Like I like that I can travel and I can use it as part of my experience of traveling. I like that I can read a book in French if that's what I want to do, um, you know, now as an adult. Um, actually, last year for the first time in quite some time, I read a like a novel length book in French, which is just, it just wasn't something I'd done in, in a really, really long time. Actually, probably not since I was at uni, I don't yeah. think. Um, and it was, it was actually a book about language. So like that <laughs> was, it was lent to me by a friend and it was on, on good recommendation and it was a really good book and I really enjoyed it. Um, and it was actually a little bit academic in the way that it was, that it was written because it was written by a, a, well, it was written by an academic, but it was sort of, um, the kind of small, I suppose, novel sized book that was written more as a, like a, maybe a very long essay, um, of work. Wow. And I read that because I wanted to, because it was interesting. Like it was an interesting topic that I cared about. It also happened to me in French and I was like, oh, that's cool. I can practice my, <laughs> I can practice my French while I read this book. But I also just wanted to read the book because I thought the topic was interesting. And I'm glad that I could do that with French because I could have read that in English, but I could read it in the original language because it was written in French originally. And so, Oh, wow, I haven't really answered your question, have I? No. About whether or not this is like my well, greatest achievement. I you know, just- <laughs> in a windy, windy way, yes. <laughs> you know, in a windy way, in a windy way. So, so yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't know that I've ever really thought about like greatest achievements in life. I feel like there's still so much more to come, right? When you're, yeah. you know, in your life, you know, you never know what, what you might do in life. You never know what might still be coming. Um, but it is something that I enjoy and it's like a skill that I'm I'm proud to have but I am I suppose yeah it is for me what is important about it is that I can use it to do many more things than just speak yep yeah well said yeah well said (laughs) oh Beck what an awesome chat thank you yeah that was really really cool and very inspiring and I'm sure everyone listening feels the same way so thank you thanks Penny thanks (laughs) to you all for listening to another episode of language chats and if you've got any friends out there who are into French or into languages in general please let them know about language chats and if you are interested in being part of our language lover community you can come and join us on facebook as well language lovers au community yep and if you join us there then you can have conversations about fluency anytime you like (laughs) (laughs) and we will catch you in another fortnight thanks again we will thanks for joining us see you next time bye bye